Hello and welcome to The Naked Podcaster. I'm Jen Taylor and today I'm talking with Helen Bernand. Helen, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Jen. How are you? Good. And now everybody knows that you have an accent. So tell us where you're located. <laughs> I'm in um, the UK in Northern England. Okay. So I've got a northern, nice Northern accent. <laughs> See, I can't differentiate that, you know, but I always think other accents sound kind of sexy. And so uh -huh. then I realized, well, if you have an accent to me, then I have an accent to you. So I'm equally as sexy. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> sexy girls. <laughs> you have the most unique website, just so different from anything I've ever interviewed. So I'm really excited about it. Your, your website, which we'll have linked, it's belief444.com. Tell me about this, what you're doing. Okay. Uh, well, we primarily, it's, it's horses that we care for. And some years ago, I had quite um, a life-changing experience, which um, I would say took me more deeply into um, sort of the heart of, of what the horse is about. And um, it sort of changed the direction of what we were doing with the horses. And we set up a center um, that was dedicated to them where their needs were met in um, not just um, emotionally and physically but spiritually so we saw what what i'd witnessed um with them i realized that by creating this space that was um sort of evolving and developing to um meet the instinctual needs was freeing them in a way that then i could receive back from them and um, so this became a very, very profound and sort of important um, goal for me to, to, to reach. So we, we set the haven up uh, initially to care for, for the horses that, that we took in, whether they were rescue horses or horses that were being re rehabilitated, um, which then went on to um, them working with people in the way that I had experienced during this um, sort of life-changing experience where they um, would basically heal people uh, so that's sort of what we um, we started caring for them and then they just started caring back for us basically um, so that's what we do I would say the main part of our work now is is sort of sharing that connection that um, that we found with other people and um, it, it sounds quite sort of simple and easy, but you can imagine it's very, it's quite hard work, especially while we're building up the environment. And we are trying to constantly, um, and by subtly watching them and observing them, meet the needs in a more natural way, um, as opposed to just treating them like domesticated horses. Uh, we are reading um, individually what each animal that comes here really needs and adjusting the environment um you know changing things and um really making sure that that their lives are fulfilled um to to such a depth that um they're really experiencing life you know they're really experiencing who they are and um in that we really witness a freedom and um a contentment which is just mirrored back through the work that they they then offer for to to us and, and other people who come um 
so so those are things that are, are quite prominent at the moment and um it it sort of went further as 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 this sort of started to develop people um certainly i began to write and and um through this sort of connection that was was created we all began to express in our own individual ways but writing became quite a theme here um so most people that come usually tend to write and start to express through writing our poetry and this is another area we have um sort of developed to um to help people's potential be met and to find out who they are and um to create really really bring that into the li the day-to-day -day lives so you guys um, have a herd you have a herd yes. of courses there yes. and you do other things i mean you do you do other things with them that more standard yes. standard horse things yes. yes yes definitely yeah we have a program here in nevada it's an equine therapy program mm -hmm. for yes. kids with disabilities so i worked a long time i worked year, years almost 20 years in with foster kids All and right. so foster kids are one demographic but kids mm -hmm. with disabilities autism down syndrome and we have yeah. this amazing program through the university here yeah. for equine therapy so i've actually been there and interviewed them years oh. ago and i've seen their program so at first when you look at your website mm -hmm. you know i'm like okay so we're getting healed through horses okay and at, at first glance that might seem a little out there and then i'm like oh mm -hmm. my gosh this is just like what they do here, the same, yes. I mean, the similar thing, the, the ability to take an animal and their energy mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the person and their energy and work to heal them. And when you look at a child with a disability, it makes this enormous impact. Mm -hmm. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. And so you're doing that with a, a different or a more broad demographic of people. Yeah, yeah, we do. And we, we have worked with children and we have different, um, we, we have someone tomorrow actually who's, who's coming with, with Down syndrome and we work with them in a way to um, uh, really get into that place where each individual can read what the horses are, are displaying in order to, um, to deal with whatever it might be that is, um, and you will have seen this when you work with them with the with the children um particularly i think uh children or adults with with additional needs tend to tune in really quickly to that um that connection it's it's sort of instantaneous they're on that wavelength so the speed of the the healing and the uh, that sensitivity between between them and the horses is 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 quite profound i think I, I tend to see with us who are thinking all the time and and going out there doing all the linear logical stuff maybe takes a little bit longer to just settle into the environment just accept the environment let go of what 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 what's you what we're usually doing to really tap into that inner communication and inner connection which um is beautiful and and i've i haven't seen it yet where they haven't been able to trigger that that relaxation response in somebody and just really ground them and bring them back to themselves um to begin their sort of unique session because it again i'm sure you saw with, with the kids you work with that it is quite unique every time because their horses are reading what's happening in the moment and um and, and working with what 
what they see on the day so so yeah we work with um pretty much anybody really anyone who um i, I mean it's it, this maybe sounds strange but you just um it's it's like the animals have already tuned into who's coming it's like they know and we get connected up with people who who are ready to come it's one of those <laughs> you, intuitive it's intuitive yeah, yeah. It is. yeah definitely yeah so it's um it's beautiful to watch and and it, it it's something that i have had to learn not to try and control or um i i have to allow it to evolve and i have to um so it makes me um really work on myself at being present accepting allowing and um not goal setting because you know we, we we tend to have that you know especially when we're creating something you know um so i've learned to go with the flow i've learned to um accept um who they choose who, who they are choosing really and who's who are choosing them and facilitate um as best i can you know and that's that's what we want to do I know that you talk a little on the website about fostering animals, uh, horses. Mm. So I recently saw a video about dogs who are abused yeah. um, and how they can be horribly abused, right? And then you get them out of that situation and mm -hmm. you take care of their health first, which yeah. is the most urgent yeah. issue. Yeah. And then you kind of open your arms to love them and how instantly mm -hmm. they switch. Whereas people, yeah. we get really stuck on yes. what happened to us we oh, like you said we're analytical we overthink it we can't just let that energy kind of flow mm -hmm. and how these dogs are just i mean it's like nothing ever happened they will love the next person mm -hmm. unconditionally even mm -hmm. after this horrible life and horses i'm guessing are the same yeah they they tend to be but they'll um and you can really work with that but they do have this memory it's like they have um a default we have the last the, I mean, she's still with us and I think she will stay with us because she was so damaged physically um, and mentally that that learned behavior, it, it's, it is still in there. And I, I know that the trigger would go if the environment changed and, you know, the people changed who care for her and she would revert back to that. Although she's become very trusting with us um, and we can do a lot with her. I think she'd just gone over that level of um, that, that that defense me mechanism that, that triggered to protect her was just, I think, pushed beyond the boundaries. So I, I do feel with her, she would always trigger back if she really felt um, frightened again. Um, but, but with the others, they all have seen, she, she's the only one at the moment that I, I would say we've still got quite a little, quite a long way to go um whether she'll ever fully fully let go of the trauma I, I, i'm not quite 100 with her but the others definitely as they've let go bit by bit um and it's been a process we, we you know they have taught me quite a lot as i've gone through the processes of helping them unlearn or undo they're teaching me something quite enormous and, back so it's always a two-way thing but but when we have got to another level of understanding and and released a fear or, or, or an issue that has been learned then the trust is phenomenal it is it is beautiful and um, so I would say certainly from my point of view uh, with the ones we've got 90% of the time 
it's similar to the dogs, you know, that they're letting go of it and then they're fully trusting. But this, the but just that other ten percent, it's as if um, they're just still holding on a bit and just still just not quite. But like we we take rescue dogs in as well, and and um, like you said, they um, they're amazing. They they settled into our environment. They're one hundred percent with us. Um, they're not always one hundred percent when I take them all out together. They're, they're a bit wild. Um, but definitely, you know, they they completely one hundred percent love us back, um, and um, it's very rewarding and enriching. Definitely. You have two books published. Yes, yes, I do. You have two books published. We'll link all of this. Okay. And your daughter Emma draws and paints. Yeah, and she's just released. Um, she's just published a poetry book. She's just done. Um, she started her sort of creativity started coming through in um, spoken word poetry. So it's that sort of taken, um, she's just been working with National Youth Theatre, um, a, a festival. So um, again, it seems to have looked, uh, that the experience I had with, with the horses seemed to unlock us all into this sort of creative mode of sharing either through, um, you know, writing or, um, uh, Emma acts as well and poetry so it's um it's, it's certainly become an outlet that we didn't realize we had <laughs> right and you have a song so yes, I listen to that I know yes. I know I'm linking it it's so it's so <laughs> neat it's so exciting so take me back because you weren't always on the horse farm mm -hmm, no so let's let's discuss your life okay um well I, I've I've always um I've always I love the horses and it's it's something that I'm really passionate about all the animals of it's it's just it's just me and um I think as I grew up people thought I was sensitive and it was it, it wasn't some of the feelings that I had and that I felt um a connection to with animals was seen as um you know um not a strength to have if that makes sense um, so you hide it a little bit and I would say I'd, I didn't always maybe say what I truly thought because it wasn't accepted in a way that um, was maybe acceptable as in the years that I was growing up. Then um, I did normal jobs. I, I, I did want to work with horses but I was discouraged to. Um, so I just did jobs, you know, lots of different jobs. And then it was uh, after I had Emma... I went back to train as a teacher and, and, and all this time I'd, I'd had horses and done a lot with them. Uh, but I thought I'm going to, you know, take this into more of a sort of a professional working um, direction. And um, that was, 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 was amazing really, because it's like taking back your life, taking back your passion and beginning to fulfill what never ever left. Um, and during that period so I was teaching and um, you know working in colleges and then I decided to um, you know to, to cut a long story short uh, I really enjoyed the anatomy and physiology so it was watching the horses move um, working with them with injuries and I went down the route of um, rehab and care and in that period of time I um, it slowed me down because I had to be more present with the horses. I had to listen. I had to observe. 
it wasn't just about getting the horses going and doing the exercise and, and, and you know, the regular sort of management that we would, we, would, we would do. There had to be periods where I was just still with them and listening with my hands, usually if the hands were on, or physically watching, you know, obviously with my eyes. And in that was, I think, one of the turning points um, that definitely took me um, into a place of communication that I hadn't experienced before. So they began to communicate what, how they were feeling through, you know, just through the soft tissue, through the, the muscles, through the movement, which I started to read um, and process very differently. It was like they had this huge amount of data to, to share with me uh, physically through my hands and, and what I was seeing. And that, I think, was the beginning of communicating with animals at this deeper level. It was this listening that um, I hadn't really stopped for long enough to listen to before. And that was, I think, the start of the journey into being able to... Because um, initially, when we were, I wanted to, to um, help horses it was literally me helping the horse you know uh, you don't think <laughs> you, you don't think you you think you're there to serve them and, and you're helping them but what I realized was that a lot of what they were mirroring back was about me and they needed me to deal with certain parts of me to help them um, it was a two-way thing and that I started to unravel and realized that um, this rescuing thing wasn't necessarily um, what it was all about. It was going into a diff very different level of understanding. And um, so, so, so that was the beginning of, of this. And that just really, really took me down a, a, another path. It was obviously down the same path, but, but it was, there was no going back I was going to have to sort of really experience and immerse into this and really fully understand what I'd, these glimpses that I'd started to, to to witness as I worked with them and it was very it was intriguing and it was um, so uh, powerful because it was as if this door had been opened which um, well I didn't even realize the door was there <laughs> Isn't that amazing that, yeah. yeah, we don't even realize the door is there. I think that's an important thing to <laughs> yeah. reiterate. Yeah, definitely. What, what was your degree in, in, in teaching? Were you always was, working with horses and teaching? No, before that, I just had, uh, I just had regular jobs. I, I worked for British Airways for about, I think, 17 years. So I was working in the offices there and then I was flying and I was helping my mum and dad out with their business. They had a, a dry cleaners and laundrette. So it was very different to what I loved <laughs> doing. Um, and they they all were jobs that seemed to, um, they were just a means to an end really. But I, I, um, I never felt, um, I always sort of felt this sort of empty void, this emptiness that I never seemed to quite fill. It, it was one of those feelings that um well it took life-changing events and struggles and challenges to really see that that was never going to be filled until I followed 
what I believed in and I followed what I really truly was passionate about so um um so so yeah they they um so so going back to the horses yeah so I trained as an instructor and then I did I trained in anatomy and physiology so I was working with um um uh, sort of rehab it was all sort of the rehab work and um um well we did um the teaching sort of uh fizzled out because of the the draw in this direction where we started to work with people with the healing work so it was really quite a funny balance at the time trying to um work with a horse when somebody wanted to go and compete with it and then i was having this experience where this horse was completely showing myself all of who it was and for me then to see it in saddles bridles and sometimes being forced to do something it maybe wasn't actually wanting to do so um I couldn't I couldn't work with those together in the end it, it one had to to go and because of the nature of of what I found with the horses as I'd gone down this path to because I met them on a completely equal footing and not that I thought I was um there was any hierarchy before that but in the in the natural process of when I was younger and being trained and learned to ride and, and you go through all the the in the, in the UK it's the same with them it's um it is it's it, it's you the, the the trainer or the the teacher and and the horse and the horse will or must do this or that well that wasn't what I experienced during this period and I um had to find ways and techniques to work with the horse in a non-force way it had to always be on an equal and mutual footing for me to fully uh, honor what I had, I had been offered so um so so yeah bridles and saddles and shoes and all sorts of things went out the window and we, we found new methods and uh, um overcame any kind of fears and ch and chose to start to work with these horses uh, so that they fully um were given the full respect and an honor that i could give them it sounds like you finally just started a job that was more your passion instead of yes. one that you just did to make money. Yes. Yeah, and exactly. Then, okay. So that was the segue I was trying to figure out. You eventually yes. just um, did what you loved and trained yes. in what you loved to mm -hmm. make money instead of the other thing, which is awesome. And then <laughs> yeah. that just evolved. So that, that's what I thought. I, and yeah. I was, okay. So that is amazing. And then it really evolved. When, yeah. did, you, when did it become, now you live on the horse farm. You, yes. you yeah. own it, you run it. So you started, you did the training and you took the mm -hmm. job in something that was your passion, which was yeah. a huge life change. Yeah. What point did that segue into you having your own place with the horses and how did you manage that? Well, that was really, we, we, um, the change for that, it, it was always because we had the horses, we always wanted to, to, you know, um, get our own place. Um, and that was our, our, our long-term aim. Um, and, and we always wanted to live with them so that, that, because it is quite difficult when you're not at the same place and you're having to, you know, move around every day. So that was, was an aim. But when 
we lost the child and I think both of me and my husband were going through the grief. It was one of those periods when it's all the, the things that you think you should be doing just drop away. And the things that we were passionate about really step forward, the compassion and, and love for, for life and other people and serving the world in, in a way that was suddenly, you know, we weren't aligned with the life we had. We, we, when, we, when, when we lost um, Samson, he, it was like Vami threw into our world a wake-up call it was like this is your life this is this is just you just on the rat race of surviving in the way that we're told to do and that we're conditioned to do and we're brought up to think that we've got to do but with all that away at that time and in that space that that period of grief what we could we that wasn't sort of in our sort of main sphere of thought and we um certainly me at the time because of how the horses healed me and um helped me see life and see the blessing of of, of a death and the blessing of life and death i knew that i could that my life was dedicated back to them and i knew that they were here they had far bigger purpose than i ever realized so that was really the pull and that just suddenly my husband ended up leaving his job. Um, they weren't very, um, he was going through his own grief and they, they really weren't very, um, I would say, compassionate towards him during that time. And it was just a push. That's so it just pushes you out of your old life. And uh, we just got drawn onto this new track. And financially, it was very difficult. Um, it's not easy. The, the finances, are, um, it's not something that, uh, you know, it, it, where we earn a lot of money, but our needs are met and we are serving something that is just worthwhile. That the long and the long term, I mean, our long term aims are obviously that this place is, um, you know, is, is eventually put into a trust and it's here for the next generations to to develop it in the way, you know, that they can to do more good or, you know, um, and 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 see fit so it was quite the, the the direction was sort of easy for me and it sort of my husband sort of got pulled along into it because of the circumstances and then um it, I think as well as, as as we've grown into it and we've our ideas have started to come together and 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 we're building upon all the um the different things that we want to do um i think we have more of an understanding of what the outer world was doing to us where we may have ended up and um so it just it just pulls us along <laughs> it just keeps us going um and it's not about money in the sense that what we our hearts are into what we create and that in that seems to have a very different energy that um, draws to us the things that we need to take the next steps and to ensure that it that it carries on and, and I think it's our sort of intention um, and love that we're pouring into it and that the, the, the unconditional love from the animals I think they know <laughs> what we're doing uh, very much so 
it's like a real team effort. Um, so it, it was a strange one. There was nothing um, sort of, it was one of those things again that just sort of took over life um, and um, is evolving. <laughs> we are definitely going back. So I am definitely going back. So you dropped a few bombs. First of all, yep. congratulations, you're married. So we didn't cover yep. that. <laughs> At some point in your journey, you met this man and got married. <laughs> You're still with him. Yeah, yeah. You guys had Emma. Yeah. At what point in the journey for of your jobs was Emma born and was your did you get married? All right. So Emma, um, I was married. Emma is a different dad. She okay. I left yeah, I was split with Emma's dad when she was 18 months old. And um Matthew and I got married in 2010. We were we were together quite a few years. We were together um i think when emma was around three uh but we both like horses so we both had the same passions for horses um we were doing different things and he was um uh really really when i was going through mostly quite a vulnerable time he was very supportive and really strong when i was going through a weaker time um of of, of my, my my life um and emma was it was life was challenging for Emma you know she went through a split with her own family um you know with me and her dad and her dad met someone else so she had like two lots of you know suddenly they're thrown into a whole new existence and she was very quiet and sensitive and she is um a real gentle gentle soul and she found growing up really really difficult you know school and um uh, she was you know struggle with her confidence so it was a real real challenge for her in those early years um but when we had the little boy which was in 2012 he uh, he just i remember uh, and this may sound strange but i was i remember sitting at the stables one day and i heard that this i would have this child and he was coming to change lives and i thought oh but then when he died i thought you know this is just crazy but he's done exactly that you know he's he's changed um he's changed all of our lives because he has made each one of us look at who we are and what was going on in our lives and um um and obviously because of him this this center that's been created is um all because of him really so um so Emma Sorry. was three when you and Matthew yeah. met. You were already working with horses, and it was yeah. something that was a common denominator between you yeah. two. So this wasn't like a foreign, foreign thing for him or for you by no. this point. No, no, so no. You had Samson mm -hmm. in 2012, and Emma was how old at that point? She'd be 13 then. Emma okay. 13. Yeah. And tell me about Samson. Oh, well, he, um, uh, my husband had been, he'd worked really hard and he'd got to this stage and he, it, it, I didn't, he wasn't sure he wanted children because he had a lot of responsibility anyway. And then suddenly I think he thought, oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> so um, we thought, oh, so we'll, we'll, we'll try for a baby. And um, we did and we, and, um, and then, and Samson had, um, Samson was born on the, um 21st of december 2012 and he um 
he was he, he wasn't alive um and we um were obviously devastated and we took him uh, i've just written actually a story for uh, it's, it's a book of change with sacred stories and it's a short story and it, it actually describes what happened during that period and um how we um we, we, we brought him home and showed him where he would have lived and all the hopes and aspirations that we had for him and um and it was one of those times where even though you're going through grief i felt completely blessed and i felt and it was christmas time and i remember seeing a lot of uh you know beautiful i looked in people's homes and saw these beautiful trees and and and, and christmas lights and families together and I don't know. I, I, all I can say is I felt such joy for them. And I think this, this, this child came to show me the blessing of family and life and to make the most of it, to really embrace it and to, to let go of the fears and to really, um, really get stuck into living and, and stop hiding and don't worry about all those things that you think you should do or you might upset or if you do this or all those little things that you just hide away inside yourself that you just never never draw to the surface because you're so frightened of anybody seeing it and um and like i say it was the strangest time because although we you know I, I particularly i think i sort of grieved initially first and Matthew was sort of holding on for me and as I was sort of moving through it and, and, and getting to grips with it he he then sank into his grief um, so we, we went through a strange time but in that I think we were all united and, and particularly Emma because it was as if he brought it's as if he wove us together it's like he brought her this this abundance of courage and she started to face so much that that she struggled with and we used to talk about him and um we knew it we just believed he was with us and we felt that he was with us in spirit you know um and i do believe he was the one that really triggered me to really see what the horses were actually saying to me you know what they were sharing with me which was Again, you know, life is phenomenally beautiful. Make sure you look under those covers, Helen. Make sure you peel back all those layers and make sure you you don't miss it. And um, without him, I would have missed life, definitely. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for sharing that because yes. as a mom, you know, yeah. I, I know. <laughs> I, yes. <laughs> I'm hugging you from the U.S. Yes. to the U.K. <laughs> Oh. But what a great outlook. And then you hadn't, you hadn't gotten the house at that point yet. That's what really triggered this pretty yes. phenomenally enormous change. I love what you said about, it's not about the money, our needs are met. A lot yeah. of times we, I mean, we do have to meet the yeah. needs, you yeah. know, oh, yeah. <laughs> money is energy also that we're exchanging. Yeah. And um, so Although you can be very altruistic yep. and pure yep. in your intent, you do need to pay the mortgage. Definitely, yeah. So, well, that was one of the big fears, I think, because I thought this is the path that is so 
profoundly powerful. And every day I wake up, it is drawing me down this path. So do I follow this path that is so powerful and that is saying, come this way and, 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 and take the risk, trust it. And do I trust that if I take this path, our needs will be met and we will be able to, to, to fulfill this? Or do I follow this other path where it, it was split? So I was, it was sort of, I, I, I remember sort of feeling I'm, I'm making an all or nothing. It's all or nothing. It's, that's how it felt. And um, I think because I feared that would I be able to fulfill this role um, of facilitating then to share this with other people and would anybody want to pay me for it you know would am I worth anything it's all those feelings of worth and value um, and that one has been a huge one for me not that I don't have complete value in what the horses do it was it was the the valuing of me as a facilitator um, and being able to um, and um, oh, I suppose overcome those feelings that if we go back to when I was younger it was the responses from people when I was younger that 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 these connections and feelings I had for animals were seen as a weakness sensitive you know they were all negative responses so this was something that was being dragged to the surface that I believe Samson was saying bring these to the surface because these are your, these are your strengths these are what are going to make your life fulfilling and um so I did have I did uh, and I do even today I, I really have to work on keeping that focus strong to because to because the amount of work that we do to keep this going and, and to build it and to uh, just do the day-to-day -day, the day-to-day -day care of looking after the the horses um takes a great amount of faith and, and knowing and trust that 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 is a is a divinely guided job that I've been given, and um, so yeah, some days are quite um, big on 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 having that trust and faith that this will financially uh, always um, be balanced, you know, um, with what we give and what we receive. Well, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> well, I mean, it is the reality, right? Life, yeah. life does have to happen. You can, you can be a nonprofit and give 90% away, but you, you do, the bottom line is we need to eat and have electricity or, right. Definitely. But I, I get having the mindset of both. Mm. I want to ask you a question. I, I love that you just brought up how you felt as a kid and how that was always mm. being stuffed down. Mm. And now here you are, the death of your mm -hmm. son, mm -hmm. and doing what you love, but all of those feelings mm. from, from mm. the young you, you know, uh, yeah. little girl Helen coming, mm. blasting to the surface. I know when I did a lot of work on myself, I never liked the word fear, although I know I have fear. Yeah. But the word that was really poignant for me was shame. I felt shame, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. and exactly. I think it mm. is hard to look Horrible. in the mirror and yeah. face those demons, whatever your demons are, yeah. Yeah. and name them and discuss them and then try to either yeah. change those parts of you into something positive or eliminate yeah. them. That's a lot of yeah. inner work. Oh, yeah, so definitely. The horses are helping you with this process. Yeah. And 
Matthew was on board, was it harder for him or harder? Because you're both, this was a hard decision to jump into, to do this. I completely yeah. understand that. Were you <laughs> on board together? Yeah, I, I think I had started to, I'd known, I, I mean, from being young, I'd always wanted, I'd always sort of dreamed of having this sort of place for animals. But this was very different in the sense of, well, we'd got to this place of, right, we're going we're gonna to set this, this center up, but it was on an equal footing with these animals. So it wasn't me rescuing animals. This was me supporting these animals, uh, not having pity for them, bringing them in, working with them, and then allowing them to shine in the way that they mirrored or, or they were asking. Matthew uh, was most probably still in a... a, a in quite a state of grief when um and he was really pulling himself through into he knew he couldn't go back to the old way but he didn't really know where he fitted in the new way it was and, and him being a man and he was in the building industry so it was quite a you know a, a masculine quite of you know environment so this it was he felt like he was failing in many ways and he wasn't, he, he was actually succeeding because he was facing so many things and coming to terms with so many things at that time. And he was balancing out who he really was, that that period wasn't lost. It was actually a really important time of growth, although it was for him, you know, it was really challenging. So at the same time, this is going on and he knows he wants to do it and he wants to he he sees himself. He's the builder. He's the one that that puts everything together. Um, so we have the plans, and then he creates it. You know, he 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 um, he's the one that's sort of thinking in in that sense of how we can do it and how we, but how we can do it, you know, so that the long term outcome of it can be beneficial for the animals that come, and that we we are flexible for. Of, for change in the future and we can keep developing what we're doing um so going from the job he was working in to really creating here has been a funny um i'd say sort of bumpy ride that is still unraveling but what it's done is it as he's been sort of undoing the past to create what he sees in the future he's found who he is in the middle of it and he's very he's not what he thought he was um and he's got so many more gifts and talents that he didn't recognize or he maybe wouldn't have found before so it's been like a a real uncovering of, of who he is um but his passion for this place as it as as it as, as we have developed it has grown and grown and grown into something where I don't think he had the same faith as I had initially because mine was really centered around I, I had this phenomenal experience he didn't have the experience with the horses that I had he could see it and he could see it in me and that was at the time enough for him because it was like a miraculous you know for him to visually see what happened to me I think was was um, a kind of a, a, a miracle and um, and he wanted he he could see there was more benefit in that than there was in the way life 
was going. So it, it was easy for him in one sense, but difficult letting go of the attachments of the old life and um, the old way of being. He, 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 I let go of my old life easier than he let go of, of his. Um, but it's definitely, um, I think because we both, uh, you know, we loved horses and we, we both had a lot of similar outlooks on life um, and the losing of the child brought us closer were were all things that were beneficial to to the moving forward with this um project that we're doing now what about now with matthew and the horses because i'm sure he saw your process which yeah. that's fantastic and it brought you closer and he was letting go of the i mean he didn't have to totally let it go because he's still a builder yeah he's yeah still well, doing all yeah. of that yeah definitely yeah. Yeah. So did he sort of move into that space of working with the horses on his own to heal or is that sort of peripheral to him? Um, he's, he was seeing it and he tried, but he tried to force it, I think initially because he saw it was happening so easily to me. But my, if, you know, I'd been sort of unconsciously prepared for it for, for quite some years because I was working with them with the hands and, and, and the physical work that I was doing. So I was more primed to be able to receive. So initially I think he was maybe a bit frustrated that he wasn't feeling what I was feeling, but as he stepped back and the times passed and he's seen and he's observed the horses and the changes in them, it softened him in a way and soothed him in the same way it did me, but in a, it's happened in a different way for him. So he, he's observed them on a day-to-day -day basis and then started to see the difference that, that, made, that that's made and the connections he's made with them um, has shifted dramatically. And, he, and, and again, he, he doesn't communicate with them in the way I do, but he has his own uh, connection, which is so deep and heartfelt um, I think, you know, we've all seen a side to him that is so deep and sensitive um, that, you know, maybe the, the Matthew before wouldn't have realised was there within him. So they, they and his, his whole outlook to animals, um, to how animals are treated, you know, to the world, when you've, when you've connected with an, an, an animal on such a level, you know, and you understand what they are, saying back to you it's very hard to sometimes look out into the world at what is going on with other animals and and, and you know factory farming and things like that to 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 have that realization um at such a deep level it, it does it does change it and it changed definitely it's changed him um and um i we've just with our latest um intake was a little donkey he was going for a live uh, they, they have these live slaughter wagons that go and it's a long story but he ended up here he was in a very bad way but Matthew and this donkey they are like um uh you know the, the connection and the fun they have and the the, the 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 communication between them is just it's just beautiful and it's one of those things that you do take I believe you take that with you you take that relationship that enrichment that connection that's that never leaves you you know it's it's priceless
and um, so yeah I do see him having a great time with them when he's on his own around the yard <laughs> there'll be some loving going on and uh, you know I'm sure a few years ago he would have been uh, ridiculed for, for, for some of the things that go on here now <laughs> don't but you yeah. think don't you think just like when you were a kid you hit I, you just might you hit the point faster and differently than he did but you hit a point where you don't care what the outside world <laughs> Thank thinks you. if they see you in the beginning you do like yeah. that's not masculine or what yeah. will people think or yeah. you know men aren't supposed to be emotional whatever no. those beliefs are and no. then you hit a point yeah. where you realize how dumb all of that is <laughs> yeah. and that you really don't care because yeah. you're happy and yeah, exactly. That's mm. probably the most freeing. Well, thing. yeah. Well, I think that's the thing that we've seen with him because although I, um, you know, I'm an advocate for for the animals and, and 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 what I see, he will go out there and really speak it. You know, he's not frightened to say it and with passion. And you know, and <laughs> sometimes it maybe you know I think oh. Uh, maybe now's not the time to say all this uh where in certain situations but he is passionate about it and because he 100 percent believes it um it's his he he has seen it and lived it so you know good good for him he's he's out there doing it and uh sharing the love of um the animal kingdom <laughs> which is great <laughs> and so in the time the six and a half go closer to seven years since Samson's mm -hmm. death yeah. you guys have continued to get closer and your relationships yeah. really changed and it Definitely. changed Emma yeah oh yeah I mean Emma I mean Matthew and I I don't I think what it's done it's made us really look at how we are developing and, and how our relationships developed and it's made us look at um sort of past generations that we're seeing and their relationships and making sure that we I'm not saying we don't make their mistakes, but we we stay true to what we adjust and we keep coming back and readjusting. And and like with the horses, every day I observe and every day I see something subtly different and I'll change the environment. I'll change what I'm doing. I'll offer something different. And that is sort of really just been sort of married into to our relationship because, you know, as we're changing and we're getting older and um you know it it does bring your focus back to that the relationships are the important things and you know i don't want to get stuck being a certain role that gets created for me you know the roles and labels went right out the window when samson went so because i don't feel i've got a label anymore and i'm just who i am and i'm living it every day and it's different every day and um you know, so I just that's that's a wonderful freeing thing that that we are not getting stuck into the roles of the labels and things. Um, but but for Emma, it's beautiful, and I, I feel blessed because I just went to watch her down at Latitude Festival. It's a massive festival in the UK, and she got an opportunity to write spoken word poetry with a group of other youngsters, and to see her up there on a stage sharing a message and it was about uh, saving the world so it's a great message they did a fantastic performance was wonderful because this child who who my heart went out to and I uh, saw a struggle making friends and, uh, and and lacking in confidence to see her up there 
doing it facing those you know like you say those fears and and all that shame and stuff because shame was a big one for me I had this you know I, I could feel shameful about anything <laughs> you know it was sort of conditioned in I don't know if it was our era or what but it it you know I find a lot of people feel uh, you know they, they don't feel worthy and, and able to just be and and embrace it without feeling bad about about everything so um to see her doing it um jen was it, it this last weekend w was it made me know it's all been worth it it's it's really all been worth facing and keep facing and keep moving through and um keep bringing it on every day and no, knowing that on the other side of it is the peace you know moving out of the comfort zone which samson pushed me right out of the comfort zone and I was left in this sort of what felt like no man's land led me to, you know, like a paradise, really. And that doesn't mean it's all happy and great all the time. There's good days and what we see as bad days, but they're all great days because we're not worried about facing whatever, whatever comes. Um, so life for me certainly was a lot easier when I didn't judge it as good and bad it, it it was just what it was and it was a great we were a we've got a day to um to embrace <laughs> and and again and i think what the the when i work with the horses where they go that level of of, of communication i know people maybe think animals are a sort of lower in the pecking order or consciousness but for me it's not they, they can pull into a higher level of thinking or, or, or being I should say where they can show so many perspectives on a situation and in that place the create the potential to create is mind-blowing it was mind-blowing it's like any situation you see yourself stuck in if you can draw yourself up into this place you can change it and I think they taught me uh, about focus and holding a new focus and not being frightened to hold that focus even if it wasn't initially happening, but keep holding it and holding it till now. Um, you know, I find myself sometimes, I think, oh my God, you know, I've held that focus and it's happened within 24 hours, <laughs> you know. So um, they're just teaching me a new way to live. You know, they're still teaching me seven years down the line. I, I, take, I go out every day and think, right, you know, okay, what will it be today? And um, I'm open to that learning. <laughs> I imagine that it would be really difficult for people. I mean, a lot of the processes, but that being in the moment mm -hmm. and not worrying about things and taking it a day like, wow, what's, let's see what's going to happen today. I don't know. It's an adventure. Like, wait, we don't know. To not plan out every second would be difficult for people. So I bet when, when you have clients that come, I'm imagining. Yeah. You watch their process, like you said, mm -hmm. the analytical brains, where yeah. all of a sudden there's oh. got to be a shift in these people and you must just yeah. go like, oh, where you yeah. watch, <laughs> take well, this huge breath for them. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's amazing because the horses actually do that. One, They'll come in and I, they, will they will emphasize the breath in and it's so loud. And then another horse might emphasize the breath out. And each horse has a particular sort of character and for whoever moves in to work with um, the person, I'm, I'm very aware of what they'll be working on. 
you know like um so that they so how they've started to work um they sort of it's, it's like a dance really so i'm watching and understanding and sometimes i have to be so patient because they are waiting for a particular moment to move in to deal with whatever that per you know the person might be just holding on rigid initially you know what on earth is going to happen i'm in this field with this horse you know this woman and what am i doing here but and when they they have that moment of letting go um you see that um it's begun and the the undoing is initially what what begins and usually emotion memories um and that and horses connect um with our sort of with the limbic system and this is where you know this is why they've got such um uh, a powerful initial connection it's it's so quick um so um so that's so that's basically you know that's how it all starts and yeah so i don't even really have to do the breathing in and out anymore i did used to say breathe in and breathe out and relax into the environment but they've even taken that on you know and i so I do say, listen to what they do, listen to the body, listen to the physiology. They're just trying to align you to theirs and they'll breathe and their eyes will change. They release um, through the jaw. So I can tell when people are releasing emotionally, you know, because we don't even have to speak because not everybody will want to discuss what they, what's going on um, because it's so raw. Whereas in this experience with a horse you can be, bring that to the surface and they are moving it for you they're pulling it to the surface they're bringing it out they're allowing the emotion to flow and you know there you can start to bring in different perspectives of it you know you can see it from another point of view you can draw out of it the positives the things that maybe um, enriched you that, that have given you strength that you can now face and take forward um, into the next stage you know and um, so um it's it's it just i just feel very 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 lucky to um that, that i feel so blessed that they actually work with me and, and offer me what they do <laughs> um yeah so it is it's very rewarding and you get to pass that on to other people now. Yeah, people yeah definitely thank you so much for sharing your story i <laughs> i appreciate you so much Oh, thank you. I appreciate you uh, inviting me on the show, Jen. It's, it's, um, it's a pleasure to share it with you.